Y'all ever played Old Maid? Yes, y'all remember that card game? So in Old Maid, you have a deck of cards. You pass them out to everybody who's playing. And uh, somebody gets the Old Maid. So that's what you don't want. You don't want the Old Maid. Whoever winds up with this card at the end of the game loses. I was thinking today about surprises and shocks. Some of you are surprised and shocked right now. For some of you, it's not a big deal. But at some point, multiple points, I would say, in our lives, each of us draws the old maid. We get a card that we weren't expecting. It's a diagnosis. um, It's a phone call. It's a pink slip. It's an untimely accident or death. There's something that comes up. It's just it rocks us. It shakes us. It's not anything that we were prepared for. It was nothing that we were expecting. It comes out of the blue. And again, that's going to happen for all of us, I would say, multiple times between now and when we're done. And uh, so how do we respond when we draw the old maid? And that's what I want to look at a little bit today. What does it look like? How do you respond when you draw the old maid? I'm not a technique guy. I don't think God is a technique God. Oswald Chambers, an author, he said, um, don't make a principle out of your experience. Let God be as unique with you, uh, with others as he was with you. Uh, we're all created individually. We have very uh, individualized personalities, temperaments. We respond to circumstances in different ways, and the circumstances that we experience are all different. And so uh, to try to create, here are the five steps, here are the five things that you need to do um, when you draw. It just doesn't work that way. I don't think that's how God operates. He's looking for people who can be led by his spirit regardless of the circumstances, not people who need uh, five-step technique. That stuff does not work, to my opinion, does not work very well long-term. It cuts us off from really following Jesus on a daily basis. We can remove him from the situation and say, well, I'm just going to, I'm on step two now, and then I'll move to step three next. So these are just some things for you to think about. Again, it's not steps, it's not even a process, just some things for you to think about uh, when you draw the old maid, and some of you are in the middle of this situation Right now, first thing you need to do is recognize how you're responding. Surprise or shock hits us um, in the it hits us in the gut, not in the head. That's what we say. I felt like I got punched in the stomach. Not I felt like I got punched in the brain. It hits us down here, and and we feel things. Even those of us who are not super emotional, we react on kind of a gut level when uh, we're shocked or when we're surprised, and we need to be able to step back and kind of put some context to what we're feeling or the state that we're in. So I'm going to give you a few options, a few categories. They're not all strictly emotions, but they're kind of emotional states. The first is denial. That is, I didn't get this card. It's not in my hand. If you play Old Maid, that's a great poker face to have because then nobody knows you've got it. Maybe they'll pull it out of your hand. In life, it's terrible. People need to know that you've got the card. But many times you'll see, you'll hear people who've been easy, diagnosed with, cancer and they don't want to tell anybody because then people are going to treat them different women maybe you've had a miscarriage but you don't want to tell anybody because you don't want people to pity you those type of things well people know this and they're going to talk about me we 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 pretend like we haven't drawn this card often often that's rooted in pride it's our pride that says i don't want people to treat me different i don't want people sympathy i don't want people feeling sorry for me i don't want people talking about me behind my back. I have four kids, 12, 10, 6, and 2. And when my six-year-old, his name is Nate, when he was one or two, our older ones would play hide-and-go-seek all the time, and Nate would always want to play, but he was too young. Like, he couldn't handle, he couldn't hang with them. So one day I'm watching TV in dad position, and he comes up and says, 
let's play hide and go seek. And being a good dad in the middle of a TV show, I say, you go hide first. I'm going to count until the next commercial. So, ready, go. And he just closes his eyes. And I say, Nate, you got to go hide. I am hiding. You can't see me. That's denial. If he can't see me, then I can't see him. And that's what we do sometimes when we draw this card. I'm just going to pretend that it's not there. If I, if, if I pretend it's not there, if I close my eyes to it, then it doesn't exist. The problem is God lives in reality, not in some dream world. He doesn't live in hypothetical what if. He lives here. He says he gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. If we're unwilling, one of the best things you can do when you draw the old maid card is to tell some people who love you and love God. Let them know early, hey, this is what I've got. This is what's going on with me. That puts you in a posture of humility, which opens you up to the grace of God. We always need the grace of God all the time. But when we draw that card, we need it even more. And if we, sh- if we deny reality, we shut other people out, one of the primary ways God blesses us, one of the primary ways God loves us and ministers to us is through other people. And if people don't know, then you're right. They're going to treat you exactly the same. But guess what? You're not exactly the same. Something significant has happened. You're pretending like it hasn't. You're robbing yourself of the opportunity to receive God's grace through others, and you're robbing others of the opportunity to be used by God to be a blessing to you. Very few people want to be the center of attention. I get it. There are not a lot of us who want that. We don't want everybody focused on us. Part of what it means to be in the body of Christ, when you're wounded, just like if a part of your body hurts, It aches, it draws attention because it needs attention. And once it's healed, it doesn't get attention anymore. That's just part of the way a body works. If you've drawn the card, you've got to let somebody know. Other times, people feel anger. That might be something for you. It's kind of the why me, this isn't fair scenario. That's good. It's not fair most of the time. My opinion, most of life is learning how to deal with not fair. Somebody gives you cards and you've got to learn how to play with them. That's it. It's not fair and I don't know why you. We get angry. Sometimes we get angry at God. Sometimes we get angry at whoever we feel like dealt the card to us. Sometimes we just get angry at the people close to us. Uh, We're just spewing on them because they happen to be who's in the room. The Bible never tells us not to get angry. I've said before, God doesn't tell us how to feel. He tells us how to be. The Bible never says, don't get angry. It says, in your sin, do not anger. So for some of you, if that's kind of where you are, you need permission to know it's okay to be angry at your circumstances. It's okay to be angry at the situation. I'm not sure that it's beneficial to pretend that you're not angry. I don't know if you have to experience anger to get to the other side of that or not. That's, I don't know. But I do know stuffing it is not helpful. It's not productive. It doesn't go away. So you might as well. Be angry and move on. But for some of you, what you need to hear is just because you're angry doesn't mean you get to be a jerk. That's not a free pass. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. It doesn't, and that applies at all times. God expects us to act with, live with, behave with self-control all the time. There's no asterisk, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, asterisk, footnote, unless you're really, really angry. It's not in there. That's when you need to exercise self-control the most. That's when you can do the most damage. 
And so there's a, that element. If you're someone who, when you get angry, you kind of say, well, I, I lost control, I lost my temper, and you justify it because you were angry. That's not, no, self-control in the midst of that. Some people, it's fear and anxiety. That's what happens. You draw this card. What's going to happen? How's this going to play out? You're maybe a planner, and you had this route, and now you're, you've been thrown off course. You're not sure how you're going to get back on. It's a big question mark for you. And that might be something that you struggle or wrestle with. Sometimes one of the best things you can do just practically is get more information. If the issue is I'm afraid of the unknown, I don't know how this is actually going to play out, the chances that nobody else has experienced what you're experiencing, the chances are zero. Somebody has. 120 billion people have lived over the history of the earth. Your situation is not unique. Somebody else has walked the road that you're walking on. And if you'll be willing to reach out, you can find those people. It's not like you have to become new best friends with them. It's just for this little stretch of my life, you're going to help me through. You can guide me through. You can support me. You can give me some information that helps me get from here to here. If it's something medical, then find out. Figure out what the thing is. Talk to people who had the condition. Talk to people who've survived. Talk to relatives of people who haven't. Figure, get the information. If your deal is you're afraid of the unknown, then remove that completely as much as you can. I'll say that, not completely. As much as you can, get rid of the unknown. And then after that, you have to make a choice to trust the Lord. And that's all there is to that. He's the only one who can see around the corner. And even after you've removed the unknown, you have to make a conscious decision on a regular basis to trust him. This sounds corny and it sounds like you're coaching yourself and all this kind of pop psychology. I don't think that's what this is, but it works either way. If you're someone who's prone to anxiety kind of attacks, I hate when you get anxious or being fearful, when you sense those things kind of coming at you, say out loud, no, I'm not doing that. I'm a son, I'm a daughter of God, he's a good father, he's got this, he can see around the corner, he has good plans for me. Begin to speak the truth out loud. It's not as weird as it used to be, people will think you're talking on your hands-free cell phone, but you need to. Thinking it is okay, saying it is better. For some of you, you're going to have to say it 43 times tomorrow, because that's, that's your Achilles heel, is you worry and you get fearful. But if you'll begin to tell yourself the truth in the face of those circumstances, as you'll begin to tell yourself the truth in the face of those feelings or those even if they're attacks, if you'll tell yourself the truth, that's this truth. So you got to know it. If you'll tell yourself that, then over time it'll go from 43 to 37 to 26 to 17 to 11, and pretty soon something that used to lock you up in fear won't affect you at all. The truth is powerful. And one of the ways that we kind of brandish it is by speaking it to ourselves. And so that's my encouragement to you if you're someone who's given to fear. Um, depression, this can range from, you know, sweatpants, not shaving, kind of easy, ch that whole kind of stereotype to just feeling like you're heavy all the time and not really enjoying all the way to having some type of clinical depression. I don't know where on that spectrum you may fall. If you're over here in the clinical part, then you need to go see somebody who can
help you with that and adjust all of that, the chemical side of things. For the rest of us, if you're someone who maybe that's what happens when you draw the old maid, you tend to get very introspective, you tend to get down, you tend to get heavy, you disengage, you withdraw, you become passive, maybe even moving toward again just kind of that sluggish couch potato, I can't engage with life. If that's you, a couple of things. One is you need to get what's in you out of you. Uh, a lot of times, that stu- it just becomes, it just kind of rots in us. And it's important, I think, to find an outlet to share, whether that's a counselor, um, a friend, a journal, prayer. There's got to be some way for you to get all of that that's going on in head and heart out here. And it creates space for new stuff to come in. Whether you're, some of you process verbally, then you need to talk, and some of you don't, you need to write. But however that works for you, you've got to get what's in here out of here to create space um, for some new stuff to come in. This is Psalm 16. It says this, starting in verse 5. Lord, you've assigned me my portion of my cup. You've made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. So that's true. And even when things don't look like it, that's true. We want to hold on to that. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I've set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I will not be shaken. You see there, the Lord counsels me. He instructs me. He's in front of me. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You've made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. For those of you who wrestle with depression on some level, you've got to figure out how to get in the presence of God on a regular basis. Turn on a worship CD, get quiet, go out to the mountain, wherever it is that you feel like, yes, I'm connected. You've got to be there. I'm not going to say seven days a week. That's difficult. Four or five. You've got to make that happen in his presence is the fullness of joy. If you struggle with depression and kind of feeling heavy, the, the solution, the antidote to that is the presence of God. Even if you don't feel like it, being in his presence is transformative. So make a point on a regular basis. Again, I'm not going to say you have to do seven days a week that's setting yourself up to fail, but four or five days you have to make a point. I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm going to be with the Lord. And watch what he does uh, to that depression. The goal for all of us when we draw the old maid card is acceptance. These are the cards that I've been dealt, and I've got to, this is reality for me, and I have to embrace that. And that's where you want to get whatever that looks like, whatever steps you have to take, however long the process is, that's the goal. Because that's where God lives. He lives in reality, and once I can accept this is mine, I don't know if I deserved it, I don't know why I got it, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it's mine for now then I, I have an opportunity uh, to do the next thing, which is seek God. Ask God, what do, you, what do you think about all of this? And that's the most important. I've got to figure out my response, and I'm trying to figure out my response so I can get to a place where I can accept this and then ask God, what are you doing here? I need your perspective. Experts are great. Experience is great. Our own intuition, all of those things are wonderful, but they're all finite. We need someone with a different perspective. Someone who can kind of pull us out of our circumstances and give us a bird's eye view. We've said before, circumstances are impossible 
to read, except in retrospect. The same thing. You talk to three people and say, this is what's going on in my life. Oh, you're being attacked by Satan. You made terrible choices. You're reaping what you've sown. God is trying to refine you. Well, which, that doesn't help. Which one of the three is it? We need his perspective on our circumstances, his perspective on our situations. That's just asking him, God, what are you doing here? What are you saying here? I found for me, and I would encourage you, journaling is the best thing for that. You don't have to write every day, a few days a week. And then you can go back and read a couple of days at a time, and you can take your red pen, and you can mark out all of the crazy that you wrote down and circle the things that are good. It's good. You're most likely not going to be famous enough that your journals are ever published, so none of us will see the crazy things that you thought. But you need to see them, and you need to get them out here. And so then you can piece through all of that and find the thread of God's voice to you and the thread of what he's been saying to you in the midst of those circumstances. For some of you, that's pulling teeth, but you've got to find some way of, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? And a lot of times he speak, He will speak instantly, but a lot of times, again, it's over days that things become, or weeks, that things become clear. And if you're not keeping up, you're going to lose track of what he's saying and doing with you. And then last, I would say, and this is just a daily thing, you have to learn how to look at the old maid through the glasses of Jesus. So I'm wearing contacts right now, so I'm seeing her through my contact lenses. What I don't want to do is see Jesus through her. If I see Jesus through her, if I see Jesus through my circumstances, it distorts the image of who he is. If I can see her through Jesus, it puts her in proper perspective. And that's really different. Your circumstances will distort your perspective of who Jesus is. Jesus will clarify what your circumstances are. And that's what we need. That's where we need to be. And that's a, a regular choice. I'm going to choose today to view this from a perspective of a son of God, from the perspective of a daughter of God, from the perspective of one who's been, who is connected with Jesus, who is my good shepherd, who leads me in quiet to quiet pastures and does all of those things. That's how I'm going to choose to approach this situation. Instead of saying, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, God must not care about me. That's the opposite of what we're trying to do. We want to see our stuff through him. A couple of things and then we'll be done. So how do you prepare for the old maid? It's a surprise, so in a lot of ways you can't, or it wouldn't be a surprise. But we know at some point we're going to draw this card who knows what it's going to look like? And we want to be uh, prepared for that. Luke says this, no good tree bears bad fruit. Jesus, Jesus says this, excuse me, in Luke. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. The evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. So whatever's in this cup comes out of this cup. You can't see what's in there, but if, if you bump me and water comes out, then you assume water's in the comp, cup. If you bump me and grape juice comes out, you assume there's grape juice in here. And if you bump me and coffee comes out, it's hot and you get burned and you assume coffee is what was in here. And the same thing is true for us. We can't truly know our hearts until we see what comes out of them. That's the proof of what's in us. If you're a good tree, then you're going to produce good fruit. We've said before, what comes out of you when you're squeezed, that's what's truly in there. When you draw the old maid, you find out about your character. It's a, it's a 
It reveals the depth of your relationship with Jesus. It will show you how much you've been conformed into his image. If there are areas of your life that the grace of God has never touched, when you draw this old maid, all of that stuff will become apparent. And what we want, I think, what we want is when we're squeezed, what we want is when we draw this card, that what comes out of us is the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. What we want to come out of us is grace. What we want to come out of us is mercy. Those are the things that we want to come out of us when we draw this card, not flesh, not rage, not any of those things that can happen, not pride. We want the fruit of the Spirit to come out of us. So how does that happen? Galatians 6 Don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from uh, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. And that's what we want to do. Right now when things are regular, when it's just Sunday, you don't feel like you've got the old maid. You want to be sowing to the Spirit so that when you do draw that card what you reap from the spirit if you're not sowing to the spirit now on regular day then you're not going to be able to reap from the spirit in those days of crisis or distress if right now you're sowing to your flesh then in those days of crisis and stress and anxiety or whatever they are you're going to reap from the flesh what we do now the seeds that we plant if you like that picture That's the crop that we're going to harvest from. That's the fruit that we're going to reap when times are difficult. So now, for many of you, you might say, you know what, I don't have have the card. Things are rolling along very well for me. I would say, wonderful. So prepare yourself now. Do the hard work now so that when you draw the card, what comes out of you is, is what you want to come out of you. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It brings glory to God. It's a blessing to you and to the people who you're in contact with. You can respond to the situation with grace and with love, with compassion, with mercy, with humility, whatever that looks like in those particular situations. Make choices now. Choose now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow in this area of patience. I don't have any. So if I don't have it now on January 8th, there's no way I'm going to have it when I pull this thing. And so I need to ask the Lord, Help me, help me in this area. Show me what it looks like to be patient. What causes me to be impatient? Is it my pride that I think I'm more important or where I've got to get is more important than where other people are trying to get? What is it that keeps me from or keeps you from expressing patience through me? If your Holy Spirit lives in in me and those are the fruit of the Spirit, how am I short-circuiting patience coming out of me? Again, is it some? Is it ego? For me, is it people pleasing and whatever it is? I don't know. Think about that in terms of the fruit. Learn how to trust God now. If I can trust God, if I'm not trusting God now when things are regular, there's no way I'm going to trust Him when they're not. Right now, it probably doesn't cost me a whole lot to trust God today, but when I draw this card, it might cost me significantly. I'll have skin in the game. If I'm not trusting Him with a relative little, it's silly to think I'm going to trust Him relatively with a lot. So I need to make choices today to trust the Lord on my regular days so that I'll trust him when I draw the card. 
And the last thing I'd say is I need to get to know how God has worked in people's lives in the past. Read particularly the Old Testament. Don't read Leviticus. You can skip the last group, those last 12 minor prophets. You can skip them too. Not always, but you can skip them from now. Focus on the stories, how God has worked in the lives of men and women. They, had, they drew this card all the time. They spent a whole lot of time with a whole lot of old maids in their hand. And you can see how God dealt with them, how they responded to the situation, how they responded to him, how he responded to them. It can be very encouraging for you when you draw the card. Again, you're not the first one to experience this. And if you can see this is how God has dealt with people in the past, you can trust it's how he's going to deal with you in the future. Circumstances change, but he doesn't. And so you can look at him and bank on this is how he's acted. So this is how he's going to act with me. Let's pray. I know for some of you, you haven't heard anything I said since Brandon resigned. That's the last thing that you heard. And I want to pray for you. And God, pray for those who are still processing, wrestling. I know just personally, in a lot of ways, it's kind of, it's kind of in my rearview mirror now, and it's on everybody else's windshield. And God, my prayer for those who are in shock on some level, God, for your grace for them. God, for those who have a, have a need to know, Lord, I pray that we would not stir up gossip at all. For those who need to reach out, that they would. And that Brandon and Molly and the kids and all of them would feel loved by us because us is them. We're all part of this body together. God, for those who are who have their own old maid in their hand right now, my prayer is they'd move to a place of accepting these are the cards that I've got. Asking you, God, what are you doing here? I need some perspective. I need, I need revelation. I need a word from you. God, in the next couple of minutes, would you give that? Would you speak to those who are in those circumstances and situations right now? And God, for those of us who aren't, it's just regular. God, will we be the people? Will we be the kind of people? We have roots that go deep enough in you that when we're squeezed, no matter how tightly we're squeezed, the only thing that comes out is love and joy and peace and the rest of the fruits of the Spirit. That what comes out of us is grace and mercy towards others. That's nothing that we can do on our own. We're asking you to do that in us individually and as a body. As we navigate ahead some uncertain waters as a body, Lord, that as our body is squeezed, my prayer is what comes out of us. brings glory to you and is a testimony to those who look at us from the outside. Who say if that's if following Jesus means you react like that then I want in.
You guys can stand. We're going to close with um, worship. We'll have many.